people or places that we could go to Wednesday night in Mooresville, pray for the sick or, you know, witness to someone about Christ or whatever the situation may be. So we just embarked on this adventure with one purpose of mind is whatever we see the Father doing. You know, and so we go out there and we had uh, three different things. I got to go over to Mill Hill, a previous location of this church. So we, I took a team over there. Marlon got Alley, which was the back alley behind Target. <laughs> so they headed over there. And uh, then another group headed over to the roundabout around Morrison Plantation, some other areas over there. So we went out, and uh, I want Marlon and Addison to come up here real quick. We don't have a lot of time, guys, but I just wanted them to tell you a little bit, not only what happened um, through you, but also what you felt for you God was doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, like you said, the first thing happened is Marlon goes, let's go to Target. And I was like, all right, cool. We'll go to Target, front door, you know, front, minister, everybody comes in. He goes, no, nah, I want to go behind Target. And I was like, oh, cool, Carriage Club, apartments, that's cool. No, no, behind Target. And I was like, behind Target, where the, the trucks come in and unload? And unload? Yeah, that's it. And I went, all right. In my mind, I'm going, we're not going to hit anything. So, but we go ahead, and I'm obedient, so... Um, we go back there and we come around the back corner and the first thing we see is this guy on a smoking break. And I'm like, all right, I'm even lucky to even see somebody. So um, we go up to him and we talk to him for a little bit. And uh, it was me, Marlon, Chris, and Angela. And uh, at first, me and Chris and him, he started backing off. He's like, all right, where's your friends at? Because Chris and Angela had fade back a little bit, and they were behind the dumpster. So I was like, "No, nah, come out behind the dumpster. He thinks we're going to jump you." Or something. Marlon and Addison approach a guy in a dark alley. <laughs> what? You'd be scared. Where are you going? No, but uh, he was real. So I mean, he was real receptive after that. And uh, we said, you know, we're just we're from River Life Fellowship, and we're just coming around, and you know, we want to pray for you and minister to you. And uh, we just sort of asked him a little bit about him. And I mean, that was a miracle in itself. The fact that he actually waited for us to get close to him. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was asking the Lord, I said, how can I get close to this guy without him taking off into, back yeah. into Tiger, thinking that we're coming to jump him and rob him or something like that. So I said, Lord, you, get, you know what I mean? I was like, if he stays, Lord, that is a miracle to begin with. And he actually stayed, you know. And uh, I called him from afar just to make it non-threatening as a cool, you know. And uh, the first thing he said, what do you all want? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, well, this must sound weird, but I was praying at the church and the Lord told me that uh, you want me to, he wanted me to come back behind Target, but behind the alley where, they, you know, they, they have all these trash cans and all that stuff, that there will be somebody here that needs um, to be baptized in the spirit of adoption okay as a son and he thought about it he's like alright so I can't by that time I was right next to him and Chris and Angelo were kind of hiding because they didn't want to overwhelm him but he you know what I mean then he stepped aside he goes okay where are your friends at so, <laughs> so like, come on you, I like, you know Chris Angelo just come out so that he doesn't you know think that we're trying to plan to rob him and stuff like that so um, so we talked to him for a while no, um, just to cut it brief, we talked to him for a while, and uh, just cut the long story short, we found out that he, had, you know, I mean, he was trying to go to seminary school. Yeah. Oh, he had been to seminary school a yeah, couple he times. Yeah, he had been to. He said, "Well, I know the Lord. I'm a Christian. I've gone. I actually wanted to be in the ministry, so he'd actually tried to go to seminary school in two different types." He said, "But there was a roadblock for me." Right. And uh, he said, "The reason the roadblock was there is because he was a homosexual." And uh, he said, but he didn't feel like God was putting the roadblock there. He felt like he was putting the roadblock there. And he'd gone through counseling and stuff like that. And what I saw in him was really a worn-down person, tired of fighting something. And, uh, and it, was, it was wild that he was this open. We're in the back of Target. And he doesn't know who we are. And he's totally open, totally open and honest about who he is. And... Uh, and so he just kept talking, and, and we just said, look. And he, we said, can we pray for you? And he said, yeah. And, and then Marlon goes, well, can I, can I lay my hands on you? He goes, wait a minute now. Tell me what you're going to pray for me about. <laughs> so 
which is good um because he you know I me mean, could tell that he was familiar with you know I me mean, with the laying of hands and just be careful who lays hands on you, you know so we you know which i thought that was the lord so the lord just prompted us just to tell him who we're going to pray for him about specifically and each four of us has something for him you know but mine specific one was just the spirit of adoption for him just this spirit of adoption and uh um, after a while, he, he opened up. He said that he had been to uh, three counseling places. I can't remember. Evangela was there. She could tell you. She knew some of them. They were pretty big Christian counseling places. And she, he just never seemed to overcome the hump. You know? And when he started talking about that, I could feel the Father's love just start coming into my heart for him. Because he's a guy that, you know, I mean, he has leadership qualities. He said he's moved from one target place to another target place. And each place is gone. He's got him you know, to become a manager within a couple of weeks. I mean, that's how gifted this man is, you know. And But he says whenever he hits that high point, there's a block. Okay, and that block is that thing that he's struggling with, you know. And uh, <clears throat> so we started praying for him, you know, and I just started, you know, and it was interesting that when I was laying here on the floor soaking and the Lord was speaking to me about this particular man, what the Lord showed me was this man was getting beat up and jumped in the back the target island. I didn't understand. I was like, am I going to find somebody who's wounded enough or anything like that? But what happened was this guy, he's been receiving a lot of persecution just because he's, you know I mean, he's battling that homosexuality, you know. And the Father Lord, you know, with that, with that spirit, it has to do with the displacement of a father figure. You know I mean, that's how I look at it. It's a displacement of a father figure. You know, and that it was interesting that the Lord gave me the spirit of adoption for him. So we, st- we laid hands on him and we started praying for him. And he received everything. And I mean, at the end of it, he, was, he started asking, he said, uh, can you, uh, do you, where do you go to church and stuff like that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I gave him the card and all that stuff. And uh, his name is Wesley. So please be praying for him. I'm going to go back and visit my target again. I'm praying that I do come across him again. You know, but I will fool the Father's heart for him. You know, one thing that I want to mention is, Okay, I think it's in Matthew where it talks about you know where the king sent out his servants. You know what I mean? By you know what I mean? And uh, you know just to go down in scripture, you know he was talking about the by the by the byways, by the alleys, you know in the bridges, wherever where. You know what I mean? These are the people the Lord wants us to touch. Okay, and this is what the Lord showed me. If we want to see signs and wonders, okay, if we want to see the you know the manifestation of the kingdom, He said, turn to the poor, go to the orphans. Go to the widows. Okay, go to the broken. Go to the ones that are bound up. He said, you will see the release of my kingdom. Okay? And this is, this is what the Lord showed me. He said, when you go out there and you give what I've given you, when you come back in church, you're going to see a greater manifestation of the kingdom on you. Okay? You're going to see these signs are manifesting. You're going to start soaking in even more of the Lord. Okay? Because you're licking. When you go out there, you're actually licking. The way Bill Johnson said, you're licking when you go out. So the more you lick and you come back, the more you're going to see an open heaven in this place. So go to the poor and the orphans, okay? And the bound up, go to them. And you see what the Lord does in your life. Well, the last thing that happened, um, we had gone the back way, Target. And uh, this seems like a little thing. But we went, and I said, Marlon, let's go down 150 instead this time. And uh, so we drove down 150, and we got to a stoplight. And this car beside me was sitting there. I just looked over, and this can tell you that we were on a high. We were really wanting to evangelize everybody. Because I'm thinking of how many times I sat in the car that I never got that I needed to roll down my window and tell something to somebody that they needed to hear from the Lord. I mean, I drive all the time. Never do it. Never even think to ask the Lord, hey, what do, they, what do you have for this person right here? Um, but I looked over, and there's a guy in the front seat. And his baby was in the back seat. Young guy, about my age probably. And uh, and I I thought I felt like the Lord said, I'm gonna provide for him. All his problems that he has going on, all his needs, I'm gonna provide for him. And he needs to know that. He needs to be encouraged. And I'm like, this guy's gonna think I'm crazy. And uh, and that tells me pull up a little yeah, bit. I said pull up a little bit. And you know he saw us because when we pulled up, he pulled, he pulled up, up a little too. bit more. <laughs> I said, all right, Lord, I can't do it. He's going to do it, you know. And I look, and it's still red. The light's still red. And I'm like, okay, one more time. All right, Marlon, pull up. And he pulled up. And I, and I had my window rolled down. I didn't know he had his window rolled down. I was talking this loud the whole time. I was like, hey, 
Maybe I can get him to roll his window down. Yeah, he was on the phone too. And then he, and he just, was on the phone. He, he goes, what? <laughs> and I said, oh, you got your window rolled down. <laughs> I said, I just want to tell you that the Lord, told, I felt like the Lord wanted you to know that he's going to provide for all your needs. And I didn't see her, but his wife was in the back seat. And she started she's going like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, and he turned, he's on the phone and he goes, hold on. And I was like, man, that was a little thing. That was a little thing. But switch it on the other side, and you're going through a hard time. You got your kid in the back seat and your wife, and you don't know how you're going to make it next week. And some stranger rolls down their window and says, I want you to know the Lord said he's going to provide for you. I mean, that lifts you up miles. And that's a little thing. If I can't, I need to learn to step out of the box of myself and say, all right, Lord, what do you want to do today? In my car at a red light. And I'm going to look over and I see a person. I want to step out of my comfort zone and really say what the Lord has for them and watch and bless them. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yes, God. Nudge your neighbor and say, you release the kingdom. You release the kingdom. Wednesday night, the Lord spoke to me about doing this, but for me, and I think for all of us, it's not so that we can have this great Wednesday night outreach ministry. That's a stepping stone. The goal is to practice getting there. Like Addison alluded to, I never even think of asking the Lord, hey, what do you have for this guy? You know, my heart is, I don't know about you, but every time I walk into a restaurant, a store, whatever, I want to constantly say, okay, Father, what are you doing around here? What are you doing? You know, and if he says nothing, great. You know, <laughs> if there's 10 people that need healing, that's even better. But it's all about what he's doing. And God wants to release the kingdom through you. Like Bill Johnson said in one of those teachings, every time you walk into a hospital room of somebody that's sick, the statistics change. You know, and that's just such a powerful thing. So, amen. Praise God for that testimony. Jesus said that He came to proclaim freedom to the captives. And that's what they were talking to, that guy behind in the alleyway about. I guarantee you he's not going to forget that encounter very soon. So, amen. I want to dismiss our children. If they haven't already been, yeah, you guys can be blessed. Somebody flip that backlight on there for me as you're going out. So, uh, and our ushers, come on up. Just one, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Fluorescent lights are always so pleasant. So, amen, Lord. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We ask you to provide every need for uh, Jeff and Sarah, God, and their, their marriage, Lord, today and for the rest of their lives. Thank you for their, their marriage, God. You brought them together. Thank you for providing for each one of them, God. That's such an awesome provision and Lord like that's we sang this morning we worship you for who you are if no other reason we worship you for who you are and we just want to give to you God and thank you and everybody said amen amen so that's being passed around don't forget women today at five o'clock a baby shower for Lene Kylie is Lene here this morning Hey, can we embarrass you, Lene? Stand up. Not many people know you. Yeah, yeah. There she is. So, baby shower. <laughs> Sorry about that, Lene. Five o'clock at the Stein's house. So, uh, please uh, make note of that. Also, um, women, the women's, part of our women's ministry is a weekly Bible study that Rhonda Bumgarner and Debbie Booker kind of host here at the church. There you are, Rhonda. At 10 o'clock on Thursday mornings. So if that fits with your schedule, ladies, they'd love for you to come and they meet back here in the prayer room and just gather in a small group. Right now they're going to be kind of going deeper in depth and discussion and more study on this series of messages we've heard on Wednesday nights by Bill Johnson. So uh, wanted to make you aware of that as well. This coming Saturday is our monthly outreach at Lee Park. So uh, we're going to be all pumped up about being back out there and ministering to those folks and hanging out. 
with a community of friends is really what, what it's developed into. And uh, so if you could help in providing a food item, please see Sherry Starr. Sherry, just stand up real quick. Let's give her a hand. Yeah. Sherry, Sherry works so hard every month to gather all this food together for this picnic, this cookout. And the uh, past few months, honestly, we've been coming up short. So she can email you the list of things that are needed if you just see her right afterwards. I want to let you know about that. Um, I want to also know on September the 22nd, just a few weeks, a great ministry here in town called the Mooresville Community Pregnancy Center up on Broad Street that ministers to women in crisis pregnancy situations has saved countless lives. They have an annual life walk, you know, a fundraiser to support their ministry. That's coming up on the 22nd. So if you'd like to be involved with that, see Cindy Baker. Cindy, I think, has already gone out this morning. She can give you more info on that. Now, I talked about the women's ministry. Dean and John Crowley are going to head up a uh, men's ministry starting back up this fall. That's going to start on October the 7th with a cookout. So uh, men, pay attention to that. Put that on their calendars. Did everybody get one of these on the way in? If not, make sure that you get one on the way out or it's on your email um, if you're not on there. If you need to be added to the email announcement list or the prayer list, um, on the bottom of here is my email address. You can just email me and I'll forward that on to the appropriate person. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay, last but not least, women getting ready for the big retreat. The day is quickly approaching with Kathy Walters going to further heavens or whatever the Lord takes you to. And uh, So if you still owe money on the practical side, you need to chase Bunny down. She'll be circulating somewhere. Find Bunny, get her your money, and also, that's Ryan. Also, I can't rhyme this far, I don't think, but also on the table out there in the foyer are the room assignments and the people that are driving. Please see those if you need any changes made or any corrections or whatever. Well, they can take care of that for you. Good? Is that right, Bunny? All right. Thank you, Lord. Well, God is so merciful. Um, how many people know how much mercy the Lord has shown to you? <laughs> oh gosh, it blows me away. I just, I can't believe it. I mean, I don't deserve anything <laughs> that I have. But he's so full of grace and mercy. And uh, Do you remember Byron's message last week about hospitality? Just a tremendous word, I felt like. A tremendous pastoral word. And in discussion with, with him and, and the pastoral staff, we really feel like that one thing that God wants to do at River Life Fellowship and in this body of believers is establish a community that is centered around one purpose, and that is the life and works of Jesus Christ, what He did and what He's doing, and us getting in on that. How many people can sign your name up on the sign-up sheet for that ministry? <laughs> if we passed around a, a clipboard this morning. So what that means is we're not as focused on relevant worship you know, the, the coolest word or whatever. We love those things. We embrace those things. But if we don't have the very manifest presence of God here with us, all that other stuff is just wood, hay, and stubble. So that is our one goal. That is our desire. Jesus on this earth was the most hospitable man that ever walked the planet. Therefore, we should have a heart to demonstrate hospitality no matter what the person is like that walks into this room, we want to embrace them. No matter what, you know, where they're coming through in life right now, we want to embrace them and say, you know what, we've got a message for you. And that is there is freedom. Jesus said He has come to set the captives free. And my wife has got this word burning in her heart. I'm going to get her to come up here right now and just share with you for the first 15 minutes or so about what what the Lord has really put in her. You guys are in for a treat. Isn't that right, Andy? I mean, you guys are in for a treat. And I'm going to come back up here in just a few minutes and add on a little bit. So, let's pray. You guys stretch out your hands. Father, anointing fall right now. Touch these lips to deliver your heart. God, fall right now in power. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. And Lord, we just ask You, we say, Holy Spirit, come have Your way in this place. Holy Spirit, I just ask You to be released 
in this place. That You would saturate hearts. That You would soften our hearts to hear Your Word, Lord God. That You are desiring to release Your heart here this morning, Lord God. And I ask that You would do that. That Holy Spirit, we say, have Your way. Have Your way this morning. Let Your kingdom come. Let Your will be done here. That's what that's the that is the culture. That is the atmosphere we are looking that we desire desperately to be released here among us in and through us is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, the culture of the kingdom of God being released. And what Byron was preaching last Sunday about hospitality is one of the biggest things like Matthew said, when you think about your encounters with the Lord Don't you think of them as like, oh, come on in. Come on in. It doesn't matter your junk. It doesn't matter your problems. It doesn't matter what you're dealing with. Come on in. I love you. Come on in. And the other things I was thinking about with that are, you know, forgiveness and and freedom. That that is the thing that burns in me because I see that that's what Jesus said. He said, I've come to set them free. Not to condemn the world, but to set them free. And so many times when people preach the Gospel, you see so much condemnation coming. It's like you you feel people... Well, I've seen a lot of people out on the streets, you know, that preach and they're just, you know, telling you about all the terrible things and all you feel is condemnation. And, And what bubbles up in my heart is... He came to set the captives free. He came to set you free. He came to set you free. And so freedom, I know, is a, is a big thing in the atmosphere of heaven. I mean, you think about when, when, when you enter that heavenly place with the Lord, all of that junk, all the weights of the world just fall off. All of the cares of what people think, the fear of man, that all of a sudden doesn't matter so much. The freedom of the Lord just stirs up in you. The love of the Lord saturates you. And I was thinking about that with the atmosphere of heaven. And and I was thinking, I had this encounter with the Lord not too long ago. And it was like I could feel the, the absolute atmosphere of heaven. Okay, It was like I could feel it. And what I felt was I felt love. It was like... It was like I could stick my arm up and like as I could feel going into love as I, as he got closer to me, I could feel the love of the Lord. And what was so awesome was that was confirmed last night. We were watching this video and Bob Jones was on there and he was talking about his experience where he died and went to heaven and came back. But he said it's actually like there is a blanket of love you're enveloped in there. It's like it's just you're enveloped in the love of the Lord there. And that's what I was feeling when I had this encounter with the Lord. It was like the love of the Lord was just saturating me. You know, and everything else just fell off, that freedom. You know, so I know that that is a key with this freedom is the love of the Lord. And that's what I want to talk about with Galatians 5.1. And I want to say that, you know, a lot of you have to probably deal with you know, you, you feel like, okay, Lord, you want to set me free from my past. There's things in my past that I need to be healed from, and that's true, but I, I'm here to tell you there are also things that God's been at work in your life your entire life, yeah. and He has placed things in your life, whether you know it or not, that He'll be drawing from, from your past. Okay? He started from the very beginning in the mother's womb. He created you. He knit you. He formed you. And one thing the Lord's been doing with me is every time I get ready to speak, the Lord says, go back to that old Bible you have. Okay? And it's like my old Bible from when I was younger, and I wrote and underlined everything there was possible. But I realized that the Lord was doing things in me then that He is drawing from now. You know, and I just want to encourage you, if you see the Lord bringing you to things, don't think, oh, that's silly, that was just something that, you know, was from when I was back in the day. No, the Lord wants to draw from the well that He's put within you, you know. And so the first thing is this freedom, freedom message that I feel like the Lord's burning in my heart. 
uh, which starts with at Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's what bondage to sin and you know fear and things that try to enslave us, it, we are being a slave to those things. And Christ came to set the captives free to say you do not have to be in bondage to this anymore and this is an awesome scripture that connects to this that I love it's in John um, 8 starts 831 just wanted to read that Um, now if you might be seeing I'm flipping around in versions but I just picked the version that I liked for that specific verse and this is from the New King James Version. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you b- abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Keep on going. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them. I love this. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Next part. (laughs) And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Keep going. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The first part is the verse right before that that I love where it says, if you are a slave... Wait, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. A slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. That's what he is desired is to graft us in, that we will be sons and daughters of the king, that we will not walk around like slaves. You know, we will not walk around enslaved to bondage, to sin that brings death in our life and to fear and things that just bind us up. He wants to set us free. And He is the Son. And He has come to set us free. That's why it says next, right after that, if, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So that's what my message partly is to say, that the Lord's coming to set you free, but therefore that you can go and set others free. Okay, that's what his desire, and I'm really feeling the heart of the Lord, and I'm personally being stirred up in evangelism, stirred up to see Jesus and what he did on the cross be released to others and see them set free completely that they might be able to walk in victory. And this is a key I saw in this verse that comes right before we get to this. This was really exciting to me. If you go back to verse 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And this is in the relationship with the Lord, encounters with the Lord. Okay, this is, this is really, really awesome. If you study what that word know, know the truth. Who is the truth? Jesus. Okay, so it's not just like, sometimes you think about that and you think that's just meaning, you know, the truth will... will kill the lies which is the truth but who is the truth jesus and it's knowing him and if you read through what no means which is actually gnosko is the knowledge that has inception a progress and an attainment it is the recognition of truth by personal experience by personal experience it's encounters with the truth that will set you free it was encounters with him that will make you free This is exciting to know. I heard another person talking about when you study revivalists and people who have really walked in power and authority and really seen signs and wonders in their lives, you know, power following them, it's not that they have been to all the seminary schools and all studied all the, you know, and have all the knowledge. I mean, some of them do, but the key is they've been with Jesus. They have been with Jesus. That is the key that you see a lot with them, is they know Him. They know Him. That relationship with Him is what then releases the power in and through you to be able to walk forward in power. Another person that comes to mind when I think about that is um, Heidi Baker. Okay, She is one that had a doctorate. She had 
They have been through the seminary schools. They had all the knowledge. But they had come in their ministry to a place of real just dryness, brokenness. And that was when they went to Toronto, Canada. And when she had an encounter with the Lord that absolutely just, and the love of the Lord just absolutely saturated her, just blew her away. And it absolutely changed their ministry. They began to see power. It's just exploded the power and the authority that has been released from encounters. And even Rollin Baker will talk about the relationship with the Lord is the key. You know, all the signs and wonders, we want to see those, and those things will come forth through that. Okay, the freedom will come forth through that relationship. But you can't get it outside of that. You can't get that outside of knowing the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I had that happen about a year and a half ago. I had a real battle with anxiety and fear, and I have that in my family, just a... Um, panic attacks and stuff like that. We had a generational thing that we have, we have cut off in Jesus' name. But I had about two weeks of experience in absolute fear where I was trembling at night. It was just this, this thing where I just had this fear all over me. And I was desperate for the Lord to set me free. I had tried the doctors, everything. And it, I knew that the Lord had to come and set me free. And so Matthew said, well, go on off. There's a, there, I know there's a um, thing in, at Morningstar. There's a women's retreat. Just go. And I knew that the moment I got there, the Lord had come to set me free. Because the first thing that Rick Joyner said was, those of you, there's some of you in there that had panic attacks, and the Lord wants to release faith attacks. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm hearing you. And then there were no, everybody had already, because I was kind of late, everybody had signed up for every workshop there was, and there was only a little space, so I just signed up for it and just went and sat down wherever it was. I was just, you know, Lord, you're here, you got to help me. And the, the, she starts talking, and it's talking about fearless women and being set free from fear, you know, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm hearing you, but... Still, and the Lord was teaching me about my mind, setting my mind on things above, taking everything thought captive. But I'm telling you, the moment I experienced freedom was in worship. We had this time of worship, and I was standing there, and it was like the Lion of Judah walked up to me. And it was so real, I could feel his mane was so alive. It was like his mane was alive. And I know I was going like this (laughs) while I was worshiping because I could just feel as I was just having this encounter with him and I realized that I had been missing this. I had been missing out on really encountering him because I had gotten dry. I was trying to do it on my own. you know. But as I was in that moment with the Lord, the Lord was setting me free. It was so awesome. And I really, I was set free. I have not had any more panic attacks. And I don't even say that in fear that it's going to come back and get me because I know that the Lord, He said, I'm going to teach you how to be free. And I said, okay, Lord, I know this is not just one thing that you're going to teach me about my thoughts, where I'm letting my mind dwell, where your heart is, there your treasure is, you know, and just setting my mind on things above. But also this next scripture in Galatians really spoke to me. Galatians 5.4. It says, You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. And I realized, well, this is something the Lord's really been speaking to me, is that when we're trying to justify ourselves through the law, when we're trying to do the right things, even in extravagant trying to do the right things of passionately going after the Lord and trying to make things happen in us. You know, even in that, we have fallen away from grace. And grace really is the place where the river flows. It's really where the love of the Lord is that saturates us. And when you think about that experience I had with the Lord, that was what it was. It was the love of the Lord that had come to set me free. His love was saturating me. And everything that I was bound by was falling off. 
Okay, and that's what we can know for other people when we're going out and ministering to people along with hospitality and drawing people in is that God has come to set them free. And His love, as we're loving one another, because it just it says, love me and love your neighbor as yourself, His love breaks off all those things. It just does. That's why His heavenly realm absolutely is saturated with His love. Because nothing else can stand you know, nothing else can stand in the love of God. You know, it just absolutely breaks off all the yokes. And it says you've fallen away from grace. And I even thought about, I even thought about when um, different people that I've known that have passionately gone after the Lord but yet have fallen away from the Lord. And I think, Lord, what is it? What is it that... They, they seem like they were so in love with you. They seem like they were going after you passionately. Why did they just all of a sudden fall away? You know, and they're just completely not following you now. And I see that in their lives they were trying to do all the right things. They were trying to keep the law. But the relationship of allowing, and they were being alienated from the very one that could do it in and through them. The very one. When you are trying to be justified by the law, you have been alienated from Christ and you have fallen away from grace. Grace is where we have to stay. You have to stay in the grace of the Lord. You have to stay connected into His Spirit, allowing His Spirit to do things in and through you, which is the very next verse. It says, But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope for. But by faith... We eagerly await through the Spirit, tapping into the Spirit, those encounters with Him, allowing Him to come and wash us, to cleanse us, to stir up the Spirit within us, and awaiting for the Spirit of God to release the righteousness for which we so eagerly hope for. And that's the thing is, as you have those encounters with the Lord... How many of you have had encounters with the Lord and your spirit is just stirred up and eager and desiring that righteousness, the truth, the faith of the Lord to be released, His kingdom to be released in and through you? Well, it's not going to happen by us trying to do it on our own. It's going to happen by encounters with Him, saturated with Him, connected into Him, and allowing Him to do it in and through us because He has come to set us free. That is absolutely the reason that Jesus is to connect us back into that relationship with Him. Like in the garden, the freedom in the garden that we felt that... Adam and Eve experienced, that's to connect us into that, that that freedom would be flowing in and through us and that we would be able to release it to others. It's exciting. It's exciting. It sets you free. It sets you free even to think that you're not the one that has to set other people's free. You know, that the Spirit of God has come to do that. He has come to do it in and through us. But the important thing is we need that relationship with Him. I was even telling Judah the other thing. It's the only thing you get, Judah, if one thing you get, it is not about keeping all the rules. It's not. It's about you getting with God. It's about you knowing. Because what happens, you guys, if you've noticed in your encounters with the Lord, when you encounter Him and you have that love, all of a sudden your identity in Him is secured. You know what I mean? You are knowing from Him through His Spirit who you are, I'm a son, I'm not a slave. I'm a son, I'm not a slave. I'm a son, I'm not a slave. I'm a daughter, I'm not a slave. You know, you're knowing who you are and where your place is in the kingdom of God. Then you don't have to think, oh, I can't do this. That's for them, it's not for me. You know? Oh, I, I'm not really meant to be out there preaching and teaching and setting people free. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. The Lord loves you. He's going to set you free and He's going to set other people free through you. Because you are a son, you're not a slave. You're a son, you're not a slave to that sin. You're not a slave to that perversion. You're not a slave to fear. You're not a slave to fear of man. You're not a slave to men. You are a son of the King. And He has come to set us free. 
And that's what He wants to resonate in our spirit. That's what He wants to be, for us to have in the Father's house, is to be releasing freedom, along with loving people in their messes, letting them come in, because you can know that when they're here and, and the Holy Spirit's moving, the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. He's going to take care of them. He's going to set them free. Don't worry. You don't have to do it. You know what I mean? He didn't say, you go tell them. You know what I mean? That that's not going to happen here. You know what I mean? You can rest in the fact that God is after it. God loves them. He's going to set them free because it's why He came. It's why He is setting us free. And so, then the last thing I just wanted to share real quick is Hebrews twelve fifteen. For freedom. Hebrews 12:15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this may become defiled. This is part of, of where I was talking about of when people, when you try to keep the law, but, and you fall, you alienate yourself from Christ, and you fall away from grace, and Right here, one thing we want to do with each other, okay, is to guard one another, love one another, look to see when we're falling away from grace, you know, and go to love on one another to say, hey, come on, Jesus is the way. Let's set our eyes. Let's, let me pray for you that the encounter of God, that you would see Him, that you would feel Him, that you would be saturated by Him and that His love would capture you, and that no root of bitterness, which is what Matthew, is another thing that we feel like. See, bitterness can get set in just by even trying to do the right things and it's not happening, you know? But it also can be set in when you have unforgiveness and you allow that unforgiveness just to, to take root in you and the bitterness. And because what happens is when that happens... It can defile many, defile many. And we really want to be to guard one another, you know, that the Lord is here to set us free. He's here to set us free from all the things that entangle us and also that we would be able to release forgiveness. God's dealing with some people in here this morning. Freedom is being released. Right now in the spirit realm, freedom is being released. Grab hold of it. I'm telling you, grab hold of it today. Don't leave, just grab hold of it by faith. Even if it's by faith, you might not feel any goosebumps. You might not have the chilly willies running up and down your spine. But you grab hold of it by faith. Father, I claim freedom. I, you release freedom to me today, Lord. That's mine today, Lord. The Word's been spoken today, Lord. I thank You for freedom today, Lord. Mm. Thank You, Lord. You talk about a, a free man. Our, our forefather Joseph was sold into slavery by his own brothers, falsely accused of rape, put into prison for years, but because he refused bitterness, forgiveness was released to him, and the father said on his dying bed, he said, hey, tell my boy down there in Egypt, don't kill your brothers. It's sitting up on the screen, but Genesis 50:15, it says, "When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, "Perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him." You think? So they send messengers to Joseph saying, "Before your father died, he commanded saying, "Thus you shall say to Joseph, "I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father." And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Who sent the message to Joseph? His father. This is a natural example, his father in the natural today. It's a picture of the Spirit, in the Spirit for us. Our Heavenly Father has sent a message to us that says, don't hold that thing. Let go of it. Because you see, one of the biggest keys to freedom that she so eloquently said is forgiveness. It opens the door to freedom in your life. 
All of us have times and situations where we have a right to be mad. We have a right to be angry for what He did to me, for how she treated me, for the way they they did these things to me. How many people can relate with that? I have at least two situations in my life where I felt so enraged and so betrayed. And in one of these, the toughest of those situations, the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, Matthew, what you're feeling right now is the same thing I felt when they nailed me to the cross. Times a thousand. I said, praise God, Lord. I have an opportunity to share in your sufferings, to die with you on the cross that I might live. Amen? It's like Bill Johnson, when his dad was dying of cancer, he said, this is an opportunity to move forward. I praise You, Lord, because when I get to heaven, I'll never have a chance to rejoice in sorrow and to rejoice in pain. Pain and sorrow aren't in heaven. heaven. So this is the opportunity that you have, we have, is to be set free. To be set free through the avenue of forgiveness. I'm not going to take long here because we're going to come to this table here. And we're going to break the bread and take of the wine together as a family, as a family of believers. But you know, the Bible says that as you come to the table, examine yourself. And if there's something between you and your brother, get it straightened out before you come to the table. You may need to do that today, even if they're not here in your heart. Examine your heart. Examine yourself. Luke 23, Jesus is hanging on the cross. This was released to Joseph. What Jesus did was released to Joseph centuries before. The father-son relationship. What was the very last words that Jesus said before He said, I commend to you my spirit? What was the very last thing Jesus said to the world? Before it's finished. (laughs) That was the very last thing. You're right, but sorry. The next to last thing, Dean. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. And uh, they divided His garments and cast lots and go on there. Then one of the criminals on down were hang- who were hanged, blaspheming Him, saying, if you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you under under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, Surely I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Not only does forgiveness unlock the door to freedom, but it's also the avenue of spiritual authority. You see, Joseph, if he was going to step into his God-given position, his destiny in life of authority over this whole world, known world at the time, he had to go through the doorway of forgiveness into freedom. Or he would have never come into that position of authority. There was such spiritual authority released when Jesus uttered those words on the cross that this criminal who had had a darkened heart his entire life who had probably known nothing but a life of crime, at that moment his eyes were opened. His heart was, his, was regenerated. It's probably one of the greatest miracles that Jesus ever did. It was greater than opening blind eyes or even, I would say, even raising Lazarus from the dead. That that man, like the other criminal, did not stay a hardened man. But he was born again at that instant. Why? Because Jesus released forgiveness. Now, this is a forgiveness by grace. You see, because when you're in those moments where you can never forgive, the reason that you cannot forgive is because you were never meant to forgive. Jesus was meant to forgive through you and in you. Release His forgiveness that He just demonstrated on the cross. He released it. Acts 7. Stephen has preached a very long message. People are probably waiting for the football game. Right, Dean? And, and he, they're so mad at the words that he said. If you look at the end of Acts 7 there, this is just a great example of the Spirit of God releasing grace. When they had heard these things, they were cut to the heart, or they were furious at Him. And they gnashed at Him with their teeth. 
real mean. But he being full of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say being full of the Holy Spirit. Being, being full of the Spirit of God. Gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And said, look, I see the heavens opened. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. This was a John 1.51 experience where Jesus talked to Nathaniel, see the heavens open and the angels ascending and descending. So if you want an argument for these heavenly encounters and experiences, here's a great one. Because I'm not going to go through the rest of the passage, but you probably know it. They kill him. They, these, they actually murder this guy. Now how many people think that it's humanly possible to stand at the hands of your murderers and say, Brother, I, I release forgiveness to you. In fact, Lord, just forgive them. It's not humanly possible. He tapped into the grace that Christ released on the cross and said the same thing. If you skip down to the last verse in verse 60 of the chapter, He said He knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with the sin. Please, God. And he died. It's not humanly possible, I would say, to do that. There's not enough compassion released on the planet for that. But Jesus released it into Stephen at that moment. And you know what else is cool about that? His prayer was immediately answered. Fast. Who was standing there um, approving of his murder? Saul or Paul, right? Two chapters later, Stephen's uh, prayer is answered, uh, seems like almost immediately, and Jesus appears to Saul on the road to Damascus. And his life is forever changed, and the rest is history. Isn't that unbelievable? The power that is released through the avenue of forgiveness that leads to freedom releases spiritual authority into your life that changes the atmosphere. Thieves get born again. Murderers like Paul radically changed through the power of forgiveness. So I say you have to forgive, not because, like Sarah Ruth was saying, it's one of the rules. You have to forgive. No, you have to forgive because the grace of God is available. When you do, it's going to release something. It's going to change something. Even Oprah knows this. Watch Oprah long enough and you'll hear her talking about forgiveness and the only person that hatred and bitterness hurts is you. You know, and if you just hate your parents from your childhood, then that's just going to fester. And you know, the psychological world, even the humanists know this. It never did you one lick of good to hold that thing, so let it go. But you don't do it. You don't do it. Ask the Spirit of God to do it through you. Well, you might say, well, Matthew, how do I do that? By faith. Just like you get saved. By faith, through grace. See, it's a grace of God to forgive that's released as you make a decision. Right now, by faith, I lay hold of this forgiveness. I let go of this bitterness and hatred that I've carried. I lay it at your feet, Jesus. If you can put it down, I'll just share it along with you. I'll put it down with you, Lord. Thank you that I get to share in your sufferings. That's how you do it. Practically, you might say, well, that's not that easy. No, you're right, it's not. Sometimes that doesn't happen in a moment. But my testimony is it's happened over a period of probably five to ten years, honestly. It's not something that happens easily. But it's, it's a secret. I'm telling you, it's a secret. It's what we want to do here. So I'm going to wrap this up. And here's the last thing. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as we forgive those who have what? Sinned against us. So I want to ask you this morning as we come to the table of communion, I want to ask you to examine your heart. Examine your heart. Ask the Lord, Lord, is there somebody that I need to forgive? Because I want to be free. I want to be free today, Lord. And I want, I want, Lord, for Your authority, Your spiritual authority to flow through me. I want to release the kingdom atmosphere, Lord. But Lord, You said that if I don't forgive, how's my Father going to forgive me who's in heaven? So we just ask You to do that right now.
set the captives free. I just was feeling to um, one thing that Sarah said that we don't need to forget is the disappointments. Also, um, along with the forgiveness, I felt like the Lord sent out two words today. The forgiveness issue, but also the disappointment. Where we have disappointments and unmet expectations with one another. This is another area, you know, that I just believe the Lord wants to give us grace to get through these things. And I just felt like a word from the Lord this morning is, I just think this, are we the generation that will not hold on to bitterness? Are we that generation that refuses the bitterness? And I believe that the Lord's given us an invitation. Do you know what, it, what can happen to a generation that refuses bitterness through disappointment or unforgiveness or unmet expectations? We can change generations down through the bloodline because these things go through bloodlines. Bitterness is run through bloodlines. Have you not noticed? So I just believe that's something the Lord's asking us. Will we be the generation that refuses? That refuses to hold. And I'll, this, this week, there was a disappointment trying to get on me through the, through the uh, death of my niece's baby. And I didn't even know it. See, because I'd cried out to the Lord, and He did not answer my prayer the way I saw it. And, and I didn't even realize that there was that thing creeping in with me that wanted to be offended at the Lord. And, uh, and I, just, I just feel like today, you know, He's asking us, will we be that generation that will say, Lord, I refuse to let that get in my heart. I refuse it. I refuse the spirit that comes with that thing. And so I just today, you know, uh, Byron had something about communion that he wanted to share, but I just felt like today that he is, there are, you know, these are choices that we really come to the Lord and we lay down, we just lay it down. And there, that's where the freedom comes. Oh, man, it's just relief. Just relief it doesn't have to be our way. It's relief people don't have to act the way we want them to act. We just release and choose the Lord in it. So we choose to be that generation. I just wanted to pray that over us. And then Byron's going to have a way he wants us to do communion. Lord, if y'all would just stand a minute. And we just say today, because I believe you're, I feel your heart today, that we as a congregation are making a choice. Lord, that we will not walk in bitterness. That we choose your grace, Lord, that we have such a grace you've given us through the power of the cross. And Lord, we just say we want that through the bloodlines of our generation, Lord, that our bloodlines cleansed through the washing of your blood, through the, the message of grace and hope in our hearts, Lord, that it would go down. Lord, And I just believe that from this day we're going to see a difference, even in our own families, our children's. We see breakthrough. And every time we choose, there is breakthrough. Every encounter we have with you, there is breakthrough that comes. Every one of them, every encounter, there is breakthrough, Lord God, that comes. Your grace is released in us, Lord, that we would be able to forgive, Lord, every encounter we have with you. Lord, and that your fire is released in us. Your fire burning to release us in these things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Brian, would you put John 8.33 back up? When Sarah Ruth was speaking, the Lord spoke to me this word, denial. In Matthew 8.33, Jesus has talked to the Jews who had said in the previous verse, believed on Him. And they answered Him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. These are the people that spent years in slavery in Egypt under Pharaoh, spent years in slavery to the Assyrians, spent years, generations in slavery to the Babylonians. And this is a bloodline that denied their slavery, did not receive their freedom because they denied their slavery. And I know that a message like this is so easy to say, I don't need that. I don't have anyone to forgive. I'm not in bondage. I'm free. But there's no benefit in a denial. And the Lord's saying, just be real with Him. He knows. And don't deny, but receive. 
And then you can receive the freedom. You can receive the forgiveness. And the bloodline can live in freedom. So um, the thing I really feel about doing communion this morning is uh, sometimes when we do this, uh, well, I just feel like the Lord wants us to be more serious about it this morning. So I wanted to do it different so we wouldn't just do what we normally do, so we could really have a time of just really examining our hearts and letting the Lord do what He wants to do individually. But I also think uh, corporately there's power released when a, when a local body of, of believers uh, choose to do something together. Uh, so I want us to, uh, instead of us coming up and getting it, I want them to pass it around to everybody. But I don't want you to take it. I want us to take it together. You know, sometimes you say, I'll have your meal together. And I think it's, this is just important this morning. So wait, will y'all just do that? Maybe we can pass the bread around first get that done and to get them some more help and then we can just get your bread and then get your little glass and just wait but you can sit down if you want to or you can stand up but I just feel this is important that we well here's the picture I get we're sitting in the father's house this morning we're sitting at the table with the father and he wants us all to eat together eat eat the body of Jesus together drink the blood of Jesus together and as we do this just begin to release by faith stuff